deals in money. We are constantly seeking deals in money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Just get out. There's free ones in your local area. Maybe attend one a month. By doing that, you're going to meet people in this space that are doing deals or might be able to help you grow your business in some way. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Jeffrey Donis. Jeffrey is joining us from Durham, North Carolina. He's an apartment syndicator targeting value-add B and C class deals in North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Within his general partnership, he's focused on investor relations. They currently have three deals under management, totaling over 600 units. Jeffrey, can you start us off a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? For sure. So quick background. I got into real estate not that long ago, a few years ago, started in the single family space, did some wholesaling, creative financing, did a fix and flip. I invest with my two brothers. So I'm a twin brother. Uh, and then my older brother, he's Kenneth. He's 23. I'm 20. We got into it while we were in college. Eventually left after we got our first wholesale deal. And then it was 2020 of January when we ended up going full-time into multifamily. We just kind of burned the bridges on single family. And eventually we were able to get into three deals so far. So working on our fourth as we speak. Let me see if I can put lines between some of those dots, Jeffrey. You said you're 20 currently? Yeah. Okay. And it was a little over two years ago now that you left college when you got your first wholesale deal done. 
and decided to go from single family wholesaling to get into commercial multifamily in January of 2020. Yeah, January 2020 was when we started real estate going like into wholesaling. And then a year later after that, so January 2021 was when we got into multifamily. Gotcha. So you do your first wholesale deal with your brothers? Yes. The three of you do your first wholesale deal late 2019, early 2020. Exactly. Decide to leave college. COVID happens. You continue wholesaling. Early 2021, you decide to go from single family to apartment syndication? Correct. Are you and your brothers the entire general partnership? No, we have partners. We joined a group called Think Multifamily. That, gotcha. that, that's where we found those partners. Cool. So you're still involved with your two brothers, right? And I know that yes. you told me before the recording, Jeffrey, that you focus on investor relations. Is that what your brothers are focused on yeah. as well? So my older brother, Kenneth, he does the acquisition. So he's the one going out to tour the properties, meeting with the brokers, building those relationships. Kerwin does the marketing behind it. And that entails a lot of things like social media, which we're pretty active on, as well as our YouTube channel and then our podcast. And eventually, once we're looking for our own deal here in North Carolina, so once we find that, we'll hop on the asset management. But as of now, our partners have been the one handling the asset management. Gotcha. So you found some partners through Think Multifamily. Those partners, did they do the acquisitions as well as now handling the asset management? Yeah, they did. Gotcha. And you guys raised capital for those three deals? Yes. Nice. This is a pretty quick ascension into <laughs> GPing apartment syndications, considering yeah. that just over a year ago now you were getting into single family wholesales. Yeah. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with all the podcasts that we've been listening to. And we just kept hearing go big sooner. And people kept saying, I wish I would have started sooner. And we always had the same mindset where when we were first getting into real estate, there was like limiting beliefs we had to overcome. And we applied the same type of mindset to multifamily. We always thought we were too young. We didn't have any money. We had no experience, which are all true at the time. But we were like, you know what? If there's a will, there's a way we can do it. And we ended up just deep diving into it, not really exactly knowing how we would figure it out, but everything worked out. That's awesome. So you guys raised capital for the three deals that you partnered with other members of Think to take down. And you're now looking at effectively you and your brothers, your partners on putting together your own syndications in-house. Yeah, exactly. And we plan on still partnering with those partners in Think just because of the value they bring. Obviously, where they're more experienced than we are. And I have no shame in saying that. I'm obviously a lot newer to the space than most people in the group. So what we do really well is building a good network. We have the ability to build a strong team around us. Mark Kenny, who leads that group, he's going to be on any deal we do for the time being. But eventually, we'll be able to take down our own deals and not necessarily have to bring on any other GPs. Gotcha. Jeffrey, I'd like to take this interview in a direction that I definitely wasn't please. expecting five minutes no, ago. Yeah. You're 20 now. 20. Your twin brother is 20. Your older brother is 23. Yes. I want to ask you about your goals. What is the end result of commercial real estate investing that you guys are looking towards? So our big why, the reason we got into real estate in the first place was because we wanted to retire our mom, single mother. I come from a low-income background. So growing up, I mean, I knew that we didn't have a lot of money just based on like the reality of things. I mean, I didn't know how I would make that change. I thought going to school and getting a job would be the best way. But I read this book up here on my left, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed the paradigm and my mindset. So I figured out I can do that through real estate. I got into it and we still haven't retired her, but we'll do that soon. That was the initial goal. But eventually, really, 
One is for me to live a life by design where I can kind of choose what I do with my time. But also there's a lot of things that we want to do to help people. When I was, I was in Guatemala before we actually got into real estate, which is where my mom is from. It's a very low income village where she's from. And it really just showed us the opportunities that we had here. So we were not making the most of it at the time. So when we got back, that's why we got started. But the reason I bring it up is because I, I read a book called Room to Read. I'm not sure if you've read that book. I haven't, no. I forget the author's name, but it's not a book called Room to Read. It's Leaving Microsoft to Change the World. It's about a nonprofit called Room to Read. So they gotcha. pretty much start like libraries and schools in third world countries like Guatemala. There's no organization there in Guatemala for now, but we want to start that. And helping people like that, I think education is really the key. For us, it's helped us so much in self-education specifically. Jeffrey, side note, I'll let the producers decide whether or not this actually goes in the episode that airs. Where <laughs> in Guatemala is your mom from? Nueva Santa Rosa. It's not like a big place, like three hours from the capital. Which direction? Honestly, I'd be lying if I told you I, I knew. My wife has been working for nonprofits that sponsor cool. education programs in Guatemala for the last awesome. almost 10 years at this point, which is why yeah. I asked. If she were here, she could tell you where that is. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, very familiar. Cool. Jeffrey, let me be a contrarian. Given that this is the best Please. ever podcast, that we have a very sophisticated audience of commercial real estate investors, single family wholesaling is easier. Why don't you just keep doing that to generate the income to retire your mom? Honestly, it was very transactional. So we were spending like a lot of money on marketing. Granted, we were making a lot of money too, but it was just not really what we wanted to be long-term. And we knew what the long-term goal was, which was commercial real estate for the reasons of it being scalable, just being able to eventually, for us, it was just something that we always wanted to do in the, the long-term. So we were like, why not start now? We understood we can make a lot of money here, but we're so young. We have the ability to just do what we want right now versus waiting. Um, at the end of the day, it, was, it wasn't about the money. I, I honestly didn't enjoy doing wholesaling. It just wasn't something that made me excited for the day versus this. I actually look forward to the day now. So Personally, that's kind of why we chose this. And the long-term goal was to produce passive income. Wholesaling is the opposite, in my opinion. It's just like transactional. We're spending so much money and time and it's a grind. But with commercial real estate, you can produce passive income. With commercial real estate, you can produce passive income. Being a general partner, finding and structuring value at apartment syndication deals is not exactly passive though. Right, right. And there are a lot more moving parts than single family wholesaling. Agreed. So what is it about apartment syndication that drew you in? Honestly, it was, like I said, there was one person we kept listening to, which was Grant Cardone. And he just said, go big. And to be honest with you, we just really want to build some type of dynasty for, to pass on to our future generations. And I didn't see that in wholesaling and single family. I knew that we could get into one property. There's a hundred doors, right? Um, in our group, we do target larger assets. So being able to get into one deal and not have to deal with a hundred different transactions, it just be one property, one closing that's something that excited us. So we were like, obviously, it's going to be hard work to find one deal. But once you do get that deal, that's when the show really starts. And we were able to just pick up on that after that. Jeffrey, I am a buy and hold apartment investor, primarily apartments. I've dabbled in other things. I'm flipping mm -hmm. a single family house right now that I probably cool. shouldn't be, but I'll make a little <laughs> money. Yeah. This episode of the podcast is not necessarily the platform for my questions, but I want to ask you, because yeah. of your single family wholesaling background yeah. and because of your goal to develop passive income as a long-term buy and hold investor, 
I'm going for cash flow and I'm going for the kind of wealth that can be passed on to future generations. Yeah. Those are very important for me. And those are goals that you just articulated. I use my words, you use your words. I think we're yeah. saying the same thing here. Yeah. With the deals that you are looking to do, mm-hmm. I know with the first three, you're JVing with other people who have some experience. Good on you for doing it that way, of course. That's how everyone should get into apartment syndication is connecting with people who have experience, who have a track record and providing value both to them and in your case, to the investors that you're bringing into the deal, presenting them with a quality opportunity. Yeah. At the end of the day, for me, an apartment syndication underwritten to a defined hold period with the sale at the end, to me, that feels like a long, complicated, profitable flip that's still a flip. So are you going to apartment syndication for long-term passive income? Am I well, missing something here? I would say it's more so just the one, the, the, the cash flow that the property produces, right? As a general partner, you sure. do get cash flow. Also, you get to build in equity. And for me, it's one, the reason we got into it was because this is the ultimate goal was to get into the space because we understood that's how we can scale faster. We want to build a portfolio. So that's the second thing. But it just being something that was more attractive to us, like I said, it was something that made more sense for me in regards to my brothers and our long-term goals, which was to actually build an empire. And it sounds very, very, I guess, crazy, but it was something that we really wanted to do in, in the single family. It would have just taken so long. So we were like, why not just start now? People, like, they always think it's harder to get into commercial, which it is. But I think if, if someone like our age can get into deals, eventually that's just going to roll onto itself and grow. I mean, that's how we've been able to do it so far. Yeah, and obviously age has not been a hindrance to you guys, given the success or the deals you guys have been able to be a part of over the last year, for sure. And I get where you're coming from with scale. I started as a house hacker. I did a bunch of those two, three, four family deals before scaling up into larger properties myself. And I get where you're coming with calling yourself an empire builder. It's a very different mindset to be transactional. This is a guttural, emotional way to put it. But being transactional is very different from finding something you can stick your flag and claim as your own and take care of and pass on to your family, whether you call that an empire or not. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's just the thing that made the most sense for us. At the end of the day, I think there's just, there's there's so many other benefits to multifamily versus single family that we don't have to get into, but we just kept learning about those things through the podcast and the books that we kept reading. And then you start going to conferences and you start hanging out with people that are doing that. And they come from a single family background and you kind of start to wonder why are they transitioning? But as you pick up on that information, it kind of just makes sense to you as well. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years, and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. 
PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. You clearly have an ambition that was going to outpace the growth potential sticking to single family homes. (laughs) Definitely. Jeffrey, thinking about our best ever listeners and the best ever listeners that I've met in places like the best ever conference and the people who reach out to me, thinking about your age and frankly, just giving you credit for the success that you've had thus far, but taking a different perspective. I want to think about the people for whom you are closer in age to their children than them. (laughs) I know there are people who are listening right now who are thinking, oh snap, I want my kid to be saying the things that Jeffrey is saying right now in a few years. And I want to expose Jeffrey and his mindset to my own kids who are younger than you so that they can see that this is a possibility. What is it that first exposed you to Rich Dad, Poor Dad? That's a good question. I'm happy you asked. So I have a twin brother, like I said, and the first thing that we started doing, and um, I can kind of go into the story about how we found wholesaling because that's how we found the book, but there's YouTube and that's how we started learning about real estate in general. YouTube is free. So I always push people. Let's take, a step, let's, let's take a step back. Please. Yeah. You were looking for something when you went to YouTube to look for it, what is it you were looking for? Let me take a step back as well. So my brother Kenneth was sitting in his apartment in college and he was watching YouTube videos. One of them was called The Breakfast Club. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them, but they have like a channel. Uh, they brought on a guest who was doing wholesaling. He comes from a low-income background. He's a minority. So that's kind of how my brother was attracted to him because he kind of looked like us. He comes from a similar background. And he was explaining how he was building a multi-million dollar company in real estate. He was like, if you're look, watching this, if I can do this, you can do this too. So we were like, okay. My brother was like, wow, he's kind of speaking to me. So we eventually just looked into what wholesaling was, started watching the YouTube videos, and then podcasts came. And then as you listen to these podcasts, people drop a lot of the different books they're reading. Pretty much every podcast guest says that Rich Head Poor Dad changed your life. So we were like, we should probably read the book. You know, we should probably look into it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, we should probably read it. I mean, the purple book is what everyone calls it. So we read it. And then at that point, we fell in love with Robert Kiyosaki specifically, started listening to Bigger Pockets podcasts as well because we were just cranking out podcasts. And then after that, Cashflow Quadrant came, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill books on outwitting the devil. And literally that's how it started, just self-educating ourselves and taking action. That's the biggest thing, education while taking action. So it started with a level of ambition that you already had, but then scrolling through YouTube the Breakfast Club is also a movie from the 80s, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I um, have heard of it, yeah. But I saw it for the first time when I was in Saturday school at my high school. But <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> you were hanging out on the couch, young and ambitious, scrolling YouTube. You hear about wholesaling. You decide to dig deeper. Honestly, this is one of the things I love about what's available to us nowadays that wasn't available to us even 10 years ago, the ability to just scroll and see those kinds of things on a platform like YouTube. It grew from there. YouTube exposed you to podcasts. Podcasts exposed you to books. 
if they can do it, why can't I do it? You get into single family flipping, which is a lot simpler to be fair than what we and our listeners are doing in commercial real estate. But that makes sense as an excellent springboard. I interrupted you earlier when you were saying what you would recommend that other people who are in your situation do. You were going to say that you send them to YouTube? So there's obviously books. And one of my mentors has told me, if anyone reaches out to you, because we get a lot of people that reach out through social media asking for different tips, ask them what books they've read. And if they don't really tell you a list or they don't haven't started, then tell them what books they should read. Because in my opinion, it all starts with the mindset and what information you're taking in. And that's how we started. So I, I just went pushing towards authors, books, podcasts, YouTube videos, and also through my content, we try to educate people as well. Before I got into real estate sales, I had a career that put me in the car driving around town. Yeah. And then I became a brand new residential sales agent and I had to drive all over greater Cincinnati. If I had a client and they wanted to see a house, I had to show it to them. That hunger as in ambition, but also that hunger as in hunger, like yeah, I yeah. need to eat. I had <laughs> no, both of those. That's but the I was best one. Right. I was, I was exposed early on to the idea that if I'm in my car, I could be learning from that opportunity to listen. I'm not explaining myself well, but there were people who were saying things like I graduated from rolling university. Whenever my car was rolling, I was in class and I'm a big fan of audiobooks Now I actually still have a list of all of the books, personal growth, self-help, personal finance, business leadership books. I maintain the list now just so that I have a quick reference guide when somebody asks me for something or asks me if I've yeah. read X or Y. But yeah, absolutely. There's so much free and affordable education available out there. Yeah, I honestly think, to be honest, it sounds very cliche, but I don't think there's any excuses really. If you're born in America, and that's something that when I went to Guatemala, we saw, okay, I actually have an opportunity that a lot of people really close to me, these are my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, they don't have. And that's really what lit that fire under us because my mom would always tell us like where she comes from, but it's very different from her saying it versus us living there for the three weeks and experiencing it ourselves. You were just there three weeks. I will say, especially with my experience of Latin America and other more impoverished parts of the world, that the vast majority of Americans lack that exposure to what life looks like for the not fortunate in other places. I spend a lot of time in gratitude for the opportunities mm -hmm. available to me. Jeffrey, so far, it sounds like you're young, you're a genius, and everything that you do works amazingly well. Tell us about something that you've struggled with, a challenge that you've had to grow through. 100%. And honestly, I'm not a genius. I try my best to surround myself with really good people, and I can only accredit it to them and my mentors. Of but course. Thank you. Yeah. In regards to the biggest challenge, I would say, is being patient. I have these ambitious goals, and I want to rush it. I want to get there. But in the beginning, they always say real estate's a long-term game. And I, I came into it thinking I was going to break the bank year one, but that's just how it is. You takes time. It takes patience. And I think that's how you do it well. So like you said, you touched on being grateful. That's something that has helped me overcome that and understanding that you don't really want instant gratification. The best things are things that take time, delayed gratification. So that's something that we really implemented myself just through my spiritual journey as well. Being able to really just be present, not necessarily trying to rush things. Gotcha. What about specific to one yeah. of your deals? And you can take this to one of the single family wholesale deals. What's the biggest mistake you've made and what have you had to learn from it? In real estate, I would say there's been like a lot. 
in the beginning, there was once where on one of our wholesale deals, we got it under contract. And then I reached out to the, there was a resident living in the property at the time. So we had it under contract. We were about to go and take it over. And I'd already negotiated with the seller. Everything was good. But I reached out to the resident living there before we actually closed on it. He ended up going to the seller and telling them what I was trying to keep them in the property. I'm trying to negotiate with the resident at the time to maybe see if we could just work something out before we even closed on it, which was a mistake. You should probably just wait before you reach out to anyone and just close on it. So I'd say that's the first thing that comes to mind is not necessarily counting your pennies before it's done. Is it the tenant reaching out to the owner that cost you the deal? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've made similar mistakes. I've more watched my clients make similar mistakes where they wanted to get really aggressive, especially yeah. when you have a value add business plan, you want to start your renovations ASAP, but exactly. sometimes you got to cross the finish line before you can yeah. start the next race. No, hundred percent. And if you don't mind, I can, one of the mistakes that I've made with my investors, uh, since that's what I do um, for multifamily, I'll quickly go into if that's okay. Yeah. Setting expectations. I think that's something that I've had to learn how to do. For example, like with K1 document, sometimes it gets delayed and setting that expectation beforehand about what they can expect. That's the biggest thing. And I had to learn that the hard way. I didn't necessarily reach out to them before I should have, should have told them what to expect. And they reached out to me first, which is the less, right, the wrong thing to happen. You should reach out to them, explain to them what to expect. I didn't set that properly. So that's really one thing that I, I learned this year. Jeffrey, I make the same mistake, especially when I was more of a real estate agent and less of an investor. I always shot myself in the foot by telling my clients exactly by when I'd get them the paperwork. And man, more than half of the time, I missed my own arbitrarily placed too early deadline. Yeah, You'll have this from me tonight. And (laughs) I get to 11 p.m. and I am not in a mental state where (laughs) I should be drafting purchase documents for a client. And I got to go to sleep and wake up early. So totally setting proper expectations and then communicating with investors, with clients, absolutely critical and easy to slip up there for sure. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Jeffrey, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. What is the best ever book you've recently read? Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Tell me about it. Jay Shetty is like a spiritual mental health, um, I would say, guru is really big on social media, but he has a podcast called On Purpose. That's how I found out about the book. He was, used to be a monk, and what they would do is he would just live without phone. He had no mirrors, took like a shower, not that often, but he just really went into his lifestyle as a monk and how he's now applying that into his daily life. And like I said, I, I'm very spiritual, so I do meditate, I do yoga. And it's something that has helped me in my business because, I'm, like I said, I like to rush things and just being more present has allowed me to not only be more grateful, but I feel like I'm more present when I'm actually doing the most important things. Sometimes I struggle with anxiety and stuff like that, just dealing with investors or different deals going on. So all that stuff is uh, stuff that that has helped me. I struggle with anxiety too, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Especially the more plates I'm spinning. What is your best ever way to give back? Yeah. So like I said, the one thing that we're doing right now also is we we tie 10% of anything that we make. Room to Read is the nonprofit that I learned about in the book that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And then we also help our mother. So like I said, our goal is to retire her as soon as possible. Nice. Jeffrey, what is your best ever advice? I would say this is the one thing that I can do is building your network. So that's really how we've been able to accelerate our, our progress in the multifamily space. We surround ourselves with really, really well, good people, well-experienced people in the multifamily space. And we did that by joining different mastermind groups. So hands down, the, the five people that you surround yourself with is going to affect you in a lot of ways. Jeffrey, I'm going to press you to turn that into advice. You're the average of the five people you spend 
the yeah, most time it, yeah. with, and therefore. And therefore, you should make it an intention to go to networking events. We go to multiple years, so it's, if you need any, you can reach out to me and ask me which ones I'm going to. But just get out. There's free ones in your local area. Maybe attend one a month. By doing that, you're going to meet people in the space that are doing deals or might be able to help you grow your business in some way. Awesome. And Jeffrey, where can our best ever listeners get in touch with you? On any platform at Donis Brothers. That's D-O-N-I-S Brothers. And then me personally at Jeffrey Donis. And also we have a podcast, The Real Estate Monopoly, if you're interested. Awesome. Links to those will be in the show notes as well. Jeffrey, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well. If you've gained value from this conversation, I certainly have. Please subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend that you know will gain value from it as well. Thank you and have a best ever day.